Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, Pastor George and Suzanne just talked to them a little while ago. They send their love, um, not with us, and as always, they would love to be. But as you know, Pastor's on a treatment journey, trying to receive the fullness of this healing and restoration in his body. And we stand with them and continue to pray with them in that effort because I believe, as I shared with him early in this whole walk, that everything that was done would be a tool in the hand of the Lord. We're not like, ah, let's, hmm, let's try something again. No, I'm believing every part of this process is a tool in the hand of the Lord, crafting a healing in his body. Amen? Amen. Continue to stand and agree because that's what they're believing. That's what they're standing for. And we stand with them. So we love you, Pastor George and Pastor Seuss. Well, as we get into this word today, I kind of want to springboard off of what I was sharing with you guys a few weeks ago, as well as then what Pastor George shared last week. Just there was a stirring in my heart um, for this word, the overcomer's life, the overcomer's life. What does it mean to live the overcomer's life? So let's get into this scripture, and I'll pray over us as we dive in today. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Amen. That's right. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Father, I'm declaring blessing over your word today. May it be fruitful as we get into it and share it today. And may it produce good fruit in our lives that brings glory to you and every good thing into our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. When we look at this thing of overcoming, um, the challenge we face oftentimes is we kind of have the mindset that like, man, if Jesus can just get me through because this is so hard. If he could just help me just to, just to hang on and, you know, the old school folks would say maybe tie a knot at the end of the rope and hang on until Jesus comes. You know, I, can't, I got beat up real bad, but I just made it. That's sometimes the way we look at this idea of overcoming. But the flip side sometimes on the negative is then this mindset of I'm going to beat my chest and I overcome. I, I, I can take on anything. And it becomes this pridefulness. What I would encourage you today is I think we should have a holy boldness, a holy confidence, a humility that gives birth to us being very confident about who our Father is and very secure about who we are in Him and not in ourselves. So I want you to be encouraged that as we get into this word, we want to look at things that way. What does it mean to really live this overcomer's life? Well, we're going to talk about two different areas today. And and I believe those kind of give birth to this thing of overcoming in our lives. One is believing, to believe. This is what we would call, if you want to look at things as far as being specific theologically and doctrinally, orthodoxy, right believing. We want right believing, right? We don't want to believe any old thing. We need a foundation which is based on the right stuff and then practicing the right stuff. And then that 
Living is the second word. So we want to talk about believing, then we want to talk about living. And living is what, what, what we call orthopraxy or practice of right behaving. So there is a place for both to come together. See, what we do sometimes, we get out of balance. We think, if I just do all the right stuff, I'm good. But you actually don't believe the right stuff. Uh-huh. I know y'all heard me. And then sometimes we get that flipped over and think, man, if I just believe, 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 and I don't have to do anything, that ain't right either. And I'll point you to the two messages Pastor George and I shared. Mine was from July, embrace the effort from 2 Peter chapter 1, embracing the effort that we're called to give in the growth and the supplementation of our faith, okay? Embracing the effort. And then Pastor George talked last week about living in victory, which I want to put some more meat and bones on, on, on that on that whole process of what does it mean for us to actually then live, live this thing, okay? And I'll give you this point right here. Our most important commitment is to receive God's word, to save us, and then to live it out. This glorifies God and brings every good gift into our lives. Receiving his word and living it out. Because here's, here's what our problem is sometimes. When we talk about loving God and being in relationship with him, we have this obscure idea that like, you know, maybe I'm going to get this like invisible heavenly hug from Jesus. He's just going to just, you know, I'm just going to feel this acceptance and this kindness from him. Which you will. Which you will. But in a very real sense, it's the word that comes, which is why when scripture talks about Jesus in John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It wasn't super nice Jesus and his beard came to give you four more hugs and kisses. He might, and he might send somebody. Man, I love, I love uh, Bob Fowler comes to me whenever, he, he generally does it anyway. But like when I'm preaching, he comes and just gives me a big daddy hug, tells me he loves me and he's proud of me and says he's praying for me. And man, I'm telling you, for a man of God of his caliber to do that for me, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I honor you because that's a blessing for me. He's not standing there saying, well, these, this boy here don't know nothing. <laughs> He's over here encouraging the ones coming behind to say, be encouraged to step up. And I'm grateful for that. But guess what? The beauty of a guy like Bob Fowler is he doesn't just come and give me that hug. He's bringing the word and prayer and the spirit too. Our problem sometimes is in overcoming. We want to look to just this, this man, I just want a hug from Jesus. That's cool if you need one. But at some point you got to get up and live. And there has to be a guidance by which you live. There has to be a directive by which you live, which is what? The word of God. The word, the word, the word. So let's ask the question, how do we live as overcomers? How do we live as overcomers? I'm going to reiterate what I was saying a minute ago. We don't want to embrace this problem that we have sometimes of just believing that we're kind of being saved out of all the trouble of the world because it's so hard. It's so tough. I want to just... Just crawl over the finish line, barely made it. But I actually want to be somebody who overcomes because that's what it says here in this word. First John, again, verse, chapter 5, verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Overcomes the world. They say just barely gets by in the world? Just squeaks by? Just didn't get killed in the process? <laughs> he just didn't get killed. That's all. He made it by but overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Tell your neighbor, you're an overcomer. 
Tell another neighbor, you're an overcomer. Listen, man, this ain't motivational speech one-on-one hype. I just read you the scripture. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and really believe with all that comes with that, you're an overcomer, like already. So you need to step up and walk in it. That's the living part, okay? So let's get into this believing piece of the puzzle, believe in Jesus or believing the word of God. Let's, let's, let's dig into that. We're going to dig into these things today. Get ready. Tell, tell your neighbor, buckle your seatbelt because we're trying to go somewhere today. All right. Number one, when we believe in Jesus, we are children of God. We just stated that. Let's take it into the scripture. When we believe in Jesus, we are children of God. First John again, verses, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. Again, believing Jesus is the Christ means that you have been born of God. You're not attempting to become a kid of God. You're not attempting saying, man, maybe he'll love me if I do a bunch of stuff. No, we're going to say, because I believe, then there's some things I'm going to do. And we'll get to that second. But we have to know who we are in this whole process. So believing that Jesus is who he says he is makes us children of God saved by grace. There's three things that happen there. We believe, we receive, we surrender. We believe. We receive, we surrender. To then do what? Just sit down here and chill? No, to get up then and live, which again, we're getting to in just a minute. You know, one of the things I love about marriage is the prophetic picture. I was sharing with a, with, with, with a couple I was in, um, counseling uh, about a week or two ago, and, and I said, you have to look at your marriage. You have to look at your future together and see when there is a problem, it's not her. When there is a problem, it's not him. It is the enemy of your soul who wants to assault the image of God and the relationship of Christ in his church, which is represented by marriage. I'm going to say it again because you didn't get it. See that the enemy is trying to assault the image of God and the representation of Christ in his church. When there's a marital issue, that's what you need to do first. Here, let me give you a freebie. Some of y'all didn't come for marriage counseling, but I'm going to give it to you anyway today. What you need to get used to doing as a couple is stepping back and saying, that is trying to assault the image of God and the union of Christ in his church, which is represented by this marriage. So we need to, we, we need to get to work and deal with that. Not I'm mad at you and all your issues. Not, if you would stop doing this, if you would meet my needs, realize that the thing is against you is from the enemy to assault the union that God has established in order that he would have a prophetic picture which speaks of who he is and who he is with his people. That's what's going down. Yeah, she got weird stuff that she's doing and you got weird stuff that you're doing and blah, blah, blah. That's why... My number one marital tip, <laughs> giving you guys all kind of extra stuff today, is die to yourself. I think I told you guys that last time we were sitting and my wife and I were having an anniversary dinner. 
Love that girl. She's so beautiful. Look at her. Sorry. You got to keep throwing. That's another thing, fellas. Keep throwing game. As old as you get, keep that game on high all the time. Because I know I do. Um, so we're having this anniversary dinner, and this, this, this sweet little waitress comes up, and I, oh, you guys are having an anniversary, and we told her how many years, it was like, I think it was 24 years, and, and uh, she's like, what, what's, your, what's your advice? Like, you guys look so happy and stuff, and you said you had these kids. Uh, I said, do you really want to know? <laughs> no, I asked her, I, like, I, I didn't know if you were down for the real advice. But if you want to just bring my, me another lemonade, I'm good. <laughs> but if you want the real advice, she's like, yeah. I said, learn how to die to yourself. She, and it was hilarious because she stopped writing. She's like, did you just say die? And I said, absolutely. I said, because you know what you'll do. You'll die to yourself and you'll live to serve the other person. And guess what happens if both of you do that? Come on. Outdo one another, as the scripture says, in showing honor and love. Instead of like, I'm going to stand off over here. And when she gets it right, then I'll come up halfway to the line. Don't we do it all the time? So stupid. I did it too. You know what I'm saying? All kinds of relationships, best. Tell them. All kinds of relationships. We do that silly, oh, I'm going to, you know, when you come up that way, then I'm going to step up this way. You realize if we both die to ourselves, this thing gets a lot easier to carry out. But the problem is the flesh, bro. The flesh is weak always causing you problems. But if you'll acknowledge that, we're going to get into that a little bit more. Hold on, I'll give away one of my later points. Let me stop. So what happens, again, we believe, we receive, we surrender. That means we receive salvation and we receive God's family, the church. Again, look at it. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves... Is that a typo? Loves whoever has been born of him. You don't get the option to, to, to not have me. I am an added bonus. I know. Come on, man. Some of y'all go through stuff. I know. Oh, yeah, this happened, that happened. I'm going to stay home from church and I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that because they made me mad and we got hurt. And went. Once again, there's an assault on what God wants to do. And if we would see it, and the work of hell that is trying to come against us, we would fight for each other more instead of fighting with each other. We would fight for each other, and that's part of this thing of overcoming. Sometimes we over here, I think I got to overcome my brother or sister. <laughs> no, we need to overcome the world as we work together and fight for each other as brothers and sisters in the family of God. Can I get an amen? amen. So, additionally, on this whole point, as children of God, our our identity is found in him alone. This is the other piece that's being so assaulted right now in the culture and for our younger generation, which is why I have such a heart and a passion for ministering to young people right now because it is high time for kids to know who they are because the truth is a lot of us adults don't know yet. And so you want to spare them some of the trash that we walk out? They don't know who they are in Christ. That's why, again, 
It sounds like I'm just being a hater. For the, well, the people who would call me a hater are going to call me a hater anyway. That is why the entire spectrum of LGBTQ being forced in the culture, it's not about being sweet to people, quite honestly. It's a once again assault on the image of God by confusing identity. It's a confusion of identity. If I can strike at that, at what's at the core and the foundation, it becomes much easier to mess with the building. The structure is not secure because the foundations are not secure. Okay? If it's one thing these guys don't rush who are builders in the house, ask them after church if you don't believe me, is the work on the foundation. Even though we as homeowners, me and my wife had the privilege of building a couple of houses, and we go out and we see everything marked out, and like, okay, and then the guys come out and they pour the slab. And after they pour the slab, we're like, okay, you guys going to, Jamie, what's next? When are we going to start putting up walls? We got to wait. We got to make sure that thing is done right. That thing is cured and secured right. Because trust me, if they rush that and you start putting up walls, you are going to be in a world of hurt when your house doesn't have a proper foundation. But that's where we are when we don't embrace proper identity. So understand and know and realize this thing of children of God, sometimes we make it way too low bar. It's just about, oh, you know, children of God, isn't there a song? And Jesus loves the little children. It's cute and all, but receive the full picture of what that means. If I'm a child of God, that means my identity has already been provided by heaven. My destiny and my purpose are designed by the designer. The information for what I'm called to do has already been supplied by my Father in heaven. It's not by the people around you. It's one of the great things to teach and to speak into us as people. We get sidetracked because other people are trying to tell us stuff and other voices. Oh, you're this and you're that and maybe this and maybe that. Instead of saying, no, I already know who I am in Christ. And therefore, I can live confidently. Confidently in him. So we believe in Jesus. Now let's get to the next one. We then, out of that, there's a living. We live for Jesus, which is obeying the word of God, obeying the word of God. And I'll tie us back into the message I shared a few weeks ago. Here's this first point. We must walk by faith to overcome the world. We, what, we must walk by faith to overcome the world. Remember that, that, that message I shared with you guys, making every effort a few weeks ago, 2 Peter chapter 1, talked about the effort that's required from us to supplement our faith, to ensure our walk, our calling and election, and our walk with God. There's effort once we are on the team. There is not a, I did all this to get there and accept the position on the team, get in God's good graces, get him to love me. No, 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 no. That is a free gift of God. By grace, you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works lest any man should boast. But then keep on going. This is Ephesians chapter 2, if you don't know that. Verses 8. Now when you go over to verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're called now to step up and walk this walk by obeying God's word and walking in the commands and directives that he's given us. Verse 3 through 5 says this. For this is the love of God, that we what? Keep his commandments. Oh, I love this. And his commandments are not 
burdensome. We're going to get back to that in a second. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now get, get this next point. Buckle up. God's commands are not a burden, but the rebellious nature of our flesh is. We say it again and let it marinate, let it drop down deep in the spirit, man. God's commands are not a burden, but the rebellious nature of our flesh is. That's our problem. We think it's super tough to get God's word in. The fact is, it's super tough for you to die to your flesh, which doesn't want to do it. Hello? <laughs> I'm telling you, personal experience here, guys. That's the fact of the matter. Oh, man. Whew, God's commands are so tough to keep. It's, it's so tough to walk. The... No, it's not. What's tough is you dying to your flesh. Oh, you know, it's, everybody's out here, social media, and it's tough to, you know, continue staying faithful to the Lord. Everybody's posting. I got FOMO. I got half-dressed people online. I got people cussing me out. I got people praising me. I got everybody who's trying to be in this friend group over here. It looks like they're having a good time over there. But that's not quite godly, but it's so hard. To, to... The command of God ain't burdensome. It's your flesh that causes you the burden and the issue and the challenge. Put that on you. And guess what? What does Jesus say? Hey, let me get that. I'll help you out. It's not about the fact that God's word is so, he's asked you something he's never asked anybody else in the history of creation for you to walk out. <laughs> Nobody has ever but me had this battle. Come on, saints. That's the look I will give you. In love. You're the only one? Really? I'll answer, no. <laughs> You're not the only one. Not the only one who has ever had to walk that out. The Lord, though, is gracious and faithful and helps us and comes to us so that what seems like, man, why does this absolutely seem so challenging to see you? Your flesh as the factor there that is causing you the greatest issue and not the beauty and the power and the greatness of what God has said for us to live out. You know, I heard somebody say this one time um, in an interview who had gotten, gotten saved out of, out of a sexually perverse lifestyle. They said, how could this be wrong when it feels so right? How could God create me with something that felt so right to me to do? A whole lot of things feel right to our flesh. Isn't that real? Yeah, let's just get real, 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 real. You know what feels right to me tomorrow? Wake up super late, have breakfast at Cracker Barrel, and then play like 36 holes of golf and do nothing else. On vacation, that's fine, but on a day when I'm supposed to be working, that ain't fine. A day when my wife is depending on me, that ain't fine. A day when she's got to be on the grind and I'm not helping her. Yeah, that's what my flesh would like to do tomorrow if you want to know. Okay. <laughs> Wake up late, eat lots of bacon and pancakes, and then go play golf and ignore everybody else, including the responsibility to my kids. That's what the flesh would like to do. That's real. That's real, real. Real, 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 real. 
was your, oh, you know, over here on this business trip and she's kind of cute. You know, she wants to go have a drink. That's not the word of God is hard. That's your flesh is wicked, bro. Can we be honest? You know, oh, my husband, can, I don't really agree with him, but I figured if I throw a little sass and pop off at the mouth. That's not the flesh. Is, that's, not, that's not the word is hard. That's your flesh is, is, is rebellious and disrespectful and wants what it wants. And to be put on a pedestal, that's, that's what's going on. That's all. Oh, mom and dad said I couldn't go to this thing. Oh, my parents are so dumb. I said it too, guys. I mean, if you're a teenager, I was, listen, teenagers, don't ever get offended at older people. We were there too. We did the same stupid stuff, you guys. We did the same stupid stuff. Everybody, young and old, we all share in this foolishness of the flesh, which we have to die to in order that we can glorify the Lord. Come on, man. It's just being real here, guys. This is why we need each other. Lock arms together. Be like, look, oh, you too? Uh-huh. Let's die together, bro. Because guess what? We'll be raised up together in Christ for the glory of the Lord. Come on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so how do we live practically for Jesus? Here's three. I'm going to do a lot of threes here in this next section. How do we live practically for Jesus? First one, let the word of God guide every area of our lives. Let the word guide every area of our lives. Tell everybody every means every. <laughs> we like this. I like the word of God to guide 99.6% of my life, but this other piece I'm going to keep in the back pocket. I think the Holy Spirit would give me a spiritual set aside for me. Nah, I'll go ahead and tell you, no, he doesn't. That's called, that's called we're, we're, we're afraid to allow the conviction of the Spirit. Um, we started our um, sports chapels this week at Santa Fe. Pastor Franco and I had a chance to be with a few of the teams and do some chapels this week. And, and I love what he was, was telling the basketball players. He said, you guys need somebody who has a key and a flashlight in your life. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? Let's go, a little, let's go a little more. Okay, I hear you, my brother. Let's get after it. He said, you need somebody who can open up the door in your life and then take a flashlight and look around and ask you some questions. And I was like, ooh, that was good right there, man. I said, you pulled that right out of the Holy Ghost motivational speaking, dropping the word uh, catalog right there. Because that was facts. But we don't want, we were like, hey, you can come in. Can I get a key? No. <laughs> I, don't give, I don't really give keys out. I'm just saying. Like, I want you to stand at the door and knock. Yeah, be like Jesus, stand at the door and knock. But I'm not going to let you in. The truth is what we need is to be honest and vulnerable and say, okay, go ahead. Here it is all out on the table because I need to be honest about what I need to grow and change in. So let the word guide every area. Secondly, have a mindset to submit to God's will and not for God to submit to your will. We do. We like, we like it. Hey, God, I lined it all up. Here's the holy water, if you could bless it. <laughs> Come on, how many of y'all did it? You know, God, I was thinking I got this, I got this set up here. I have a five-year prospectus. Everything's all set up. If <laughs> you could just lay this down. Now, if you'll just extend your hands and bless it, we'll be good. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Look for, Lord, what is your, okay. 
I surrender, I submit myself. Jesus showed us very well in the garden. He said, God, listen, if there is any other way, because obviously I'm the second person of the Godhead, so I know this is about to be real, 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 real hard. If there's any other way that we could get this thing done, let me know. I'm down. But nevertheless, your will be done. Although I would prefer something else in my flesh, I say, your will be done. I submit myself to that. Have a mindset to submit to God. Thirdly, look to grow in Christ as he sanctifies you through worshipful obedience. How is it that I'm supposed to grow in Christ in this process? All this is overcoming. All this is overcoming. Let me, let me take you. We, we, I didn't think we were going to have another Greek lesson, but we are going to have a brief Greek lesson today on this word overcome. If you look in the Greek, it's the word nikao. Nikao. And the word means this, to conquer, to carry off the victory, to come off victorious of Christ, victorious over all his foes. Of Christians, point to yourself right now, that hold fast their faith, even unto death against the power of their foes and temptations and persecutions. Let's read that last part again together. Point to yourself. Of Christians that hold fast their faith, even unto death against the power of their foes and temptations and persecutions. That's what the overcoming is right there. So again, this isn't just throw the hands up and I'm going to get a new house and a car. Take one if I get it. Okay? It's not just I'm, just, I'm overcoming, I get all this good stuff. It's, it's this fact that we get to walk out our faith in this way. That's going to glorify God and be, again, a testament to the world of his greatness. And trust me, you get every good thing in the process. Every good and perfect gift comes to you. So here, we're going to get real practical. We're going to put some, put some handles on all of this. Three areas where we overcome. Number one, personally. Personally. I overcome, and just we talked about earlier, identity. Genesis 1.27 and John 1.12 speaks about this. Genesis 1.27 talks about the fact that we are created in the image of God and in his likeness to glorify God. John 1.12 speaks about the fact that as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. So I'm a child of God and therefore I'm in his image. I'm one made to reflect his glory and again, receive every good and every perfect gift. My identity, I overcome it in my personal life, in my identity. In my devotion, John 8, 31 to 32 speaks about this. When we continue in the word of God, we continue in his commands, we're as true disciples and then we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. We love the last part, and even unbelievers, oh, the truth will set you free. Read the first part. If we continue in his word, if we walk in the things that he has said, if we obey the word that he's given us, holding fast to him, abiding in him, as some translations say, then we know the truth, and then the truth makes us free. If I decide I'm, I want to cherry pick some stuff because I just want to get the bless me club, mm, not so much. Continue in his word to be true disciples. There's devotion there. And then this thing of holiness, 1 Peter chapter 1, 14 to 16. And Leviticus 19, 2 is a section of scripture where it says to be holy. The Lord calls us, be holy for I am holy. And 1 Peter 1 says it this way. 
Be holy, therefore, in all your conduct. Man, it'd be nice if you just said church on Sunday. <laughs> 10 to 12, be holy, keep it together. Because many of us know about the, the, the little halftime Christian. It actually is less than halftime. It's like the 90% not Christian life. Oh, God, I give the tithe of my life to Sunday. <laughs> the other 90, I do whatever I want. Too many people still doing that. Live their lives outside from under the word of God, outside from under what God would have for them, however they feel like on all these other days. But then you show up and then you say, here's all my stuff, God. If you could, like we were saying earlier, just bless it today. He's only coming for all of it. I'm going to say one more. He's only coming for all of it. There's not like a partial investment plan that the Lord has. Yeah, I was looking at that, that restructuring. If I could get 30 out of the 100, he's going to take 60, and this other guy's going to take 10. We good? No. It's only 100% here. It's all or nothing. It's as we said before, the Lord is Lord of all. We're not Lord of all in your life or Lord at all in your life. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all in your life. You don't get to get the partway, halfway Jesus. Where's, where's Clint Gibbs? Clint, wave at everybody. Where is he? He's out of town. There's his beautiful wife. They're, well, yeah, they're one. They're one. <laughs> There's Wendy. Clint did a skit years ago called Discount Jesus. Some of y'all have been here a long time. <laughs> we love Jesus, but not that much. <laughs> it was literally, it was like this funny way of talking about what some believers think is, a, is the case. Oh, I'm going all in, but not quite all the way in. I, I got news for you. He's only coming 100%. And that's what he's looking for in your life. Let me give you a practical handle for us here at the Rock of Gainesville. Connect groups and personal discipleship. Okay? We got our connect group leaders tomorrow night. Meetings tomorrow night, 630. That is a practical handle that we have for personal growth and development in our church family. Our connect group system as well as the personal discipleship system. You got any questions? See Pastor Ron. See Tom. See Pastor Franco. There's a whole system there available. I'm not saying you have to sign up for every note of every detail, but it's there and available. And we haven't done it just because we had nothing else to do. <laughs> it's so that people can get into it and receive and grow in this area personally, okay? Grow in this way personally. So that's a practical handle that we have right here in our church family. The second one that we want to overcome, the second area we want to overcome in is relationally. Loving your neighbor. Tough one. Loving your neighbor. Mark 12, 31 says that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. So does Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, where it was first stated, that we're called to love our neighbor as ourself. Now, this gets perverted in the current culture of self-love, meaning that I have to just pour love and self-love and personal time and me time and all this because i got to love myself because it says love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then if I just pour all this on myself and become self-absorbed, then I'll love my neighbor better. <laughs> No, that means that you are feeding the selfish nature of your flesh. That's all that is. It's just, listen, get something here. If, if you could get nothing else beyond this point, realize that the enemy is a master deceiver. He doesn't come with, with, with horns on and a pitchfork. And, I'm bringing all evil into your life. Receive that. The little, the, the, the least you can know about the plot is the better for his plan. 
So sometimes people think like, oh, you know, I would know. No, that's the point. Miseducation is his jam. Not just being uneducated. Miseducation is his jam as the enemy. Oh, no, no, no. That doesn't mean that you are over here dishonoring God and walking in the flesh and and, and bowing to idols. That just means that you're just doing you. And God loves you so much. Remember, he said you're children of God. That means God wants you to have all the ice cream you want spiritually. And bikes and toys and whatever else spiritually. God just wants you to have it all because you're so special. Ain't never been another you. So we got a shower of praise on you. False. But what the enemy would like you to feel like is, I, I, I have a handle on this. But the truth is you're super ignorant as to what is actually going on. And so he's carrying out a plan of deception to destroy your life. Meanwhile, you're thinking, I'm living my best life and overcoming. No, you're not. What you need to do is overcome in those areas, as the scripture has said, so that we become who God has called us to be. Love your neighbor as yourself. Second, treat your brothers and sisters with holiness. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 talks about treating others more highly than yourself, looking to the needs of others before you look to your own needs. It not being about me first. Me, 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 me. Everything about me. But looking and saying, how can I be a blessing? Just like we were talking about in marriage a little while ago. To serve the other. Third, growing in faithfulness in marriage. Here's a specific relationship picture. Ephesians 5, 22 to 23, famous marriage passage. Please take a look and read that. And let me give you a tip. If you're single, the passages about marriage in the Bible are for you too. Okay? This is another one of the enemy's deceptions. Oh, there's certain sections. That ain't really for me. I tune out. I don't really need to listen to that because I'm not there yet. That's the point. You're not there yet. And guess what? If you never get there in this life, guess who you are? The bride of Christ. So you better know a little something about what marriage means because whether or not you ever receive a spouse in this life and walk in that blessing, there is the reality that you are the bride of Christ no matter what. So this prophetic picture that the Lord is painting is super important for us to have some understanding of. So we want to grow in faithfulness in marriage and what that actually means. We got another practical handle for you. Our marriage conference is coming up. We got a slide here. Our marriage conference is coming up. Go ahead. I'm going to give you a chance right now. I'm okay. Take out your phone. I'm preaching a good word so you're not distracted, I'm sure. So it's fine. Take out your phone and look at it. Get registered if you're not. This is a good deal. I'm going to sell a little bit here. It's a good deal. 150 bucks for a couple is a good deal. Bring a great speaker. We're going to have some good food. We got a band. I'm going I'm to dance till I sweat through my clothes like I usually do when this band comes. So get ready. They, every time, every time they come, they're like, man, y'all know how to party. I said, you darn sure we do know how to party over here. Because we've been saved by his grace, and it's been an awesome opportunity for us to gather and celebrate this prophetic picture of marriage. And to be built up. So please sign up if you already have not. Okay? If not, Melissa's going to come after you to your home. <laughs> sign up for the marriage conference. Additionally, on the subject of relationships, I'll hearken again to connect groups. Many of you are going to get everything that you get as far as the personal level in your life, as I have, through connect groups. You know how many times I was in Pastor George's office and one-on-one with him prior to coming on this staff? two or three. 
243. Ah, you, you every week, you all of them pastor? No, no. About two or three times. I think I maybe was in an office the second time when we talked about me coming on staff. First one was to um, let him know that I still thought that beautiful woman was supposed to be my wife and I wanted to ask her to marry me and what his thoughts were and if he was blessing that. But the bulk of what I got was week to week with my friends in these connect groups. Some of the people who are still here for, after years, it was the connections you had in connect group and, and relationships with people one-on-one, two-on-two and, and in groups of 10 or whatever. So again, don't miss the opportunities that are here. Get together with brothers and sisters. Build one another up in the faith because we overcome in relationships as we walk this thing out together. And lastly, evangelistically, we're called to overcome. Evangelistically. Number one, representing Christ in all things. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21 talks about the fact that we are a new creation in Christ and therefore the old things have passed away and the new things have come. And we are ambassadors for Christ. Pleading with the world as if to say, be reconciled to God. Don't come to me. Don't come because you like my church or because you think we're super fun and we have stuff to offer you. Come and be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Secondly, treating brothers and, sorry, secondly, speaking the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15. This is something we desperately need today. Speaking the truth in love. We're called to speak the truth, but it's in love. We're called to love, but we're also called to speak the truth. We don't get to leave it out. I was listening to the guy who I had told you guys about last time I was preaching, Chris, Dr. Christopher Yuan, who came out of an LGBTQ lifestyle and, and got saved, and now he's a Bible teacher. And he spoke about his parents' unconditional love for him and winning him to Christ. And he said, unconditional love does not mean unconditional acceptance of my behavior. Unconditional love does not mean unconditional acceptance of my behavior. And his parents refused to accept the behavior. This guy was in an LGBTQ lifestyle, sexually illicit, everything, drugs, selling drugs, all of it. Brother exhausted the full experience in the flesh, unfortunately. And his parents loved him through it all, but did not accept it. I refuse to accept that. But what, what do you, you thinking the Lord may be talking to you, baby? You want me to pray for something? Here's a scripture once again. And what was so powerful to me was when he got saved, he tells this testimony in his video series that just came out, which I would commend to any parents in the house, actually to anybody really. Um, The Holy Sexuality Project, look it up. It is well worth your money. They have had investors. It should be about a three to $500 course. It's $20. They had investors who believed in it that much who paid the the balance for everybody else. It is well worth it. If you're going to buy Chick-fil-A or or Starbucks or something, this is well worth every bit of your time. But he finishes and tells his testimony and tells the story of when his mom, you know, was praying for him. And then when he got saved and he said, as she took the phone call from him, when he finally got arrested by federal agents, was put in prison. She said she took off a little ticker tape off the, uh, one of those adding machines and wrote down. She said, I'm going to count my blessings. And she wrote two things down about her son that she was going to thank the Lord for because she was continuing to fast and pray. For seven years, she fasted for her son. I mean, not nonstop. (laughs) 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 Whoa. (laughs) 
But he said she continued to write down blessings. And I didn't know what he was doing. He goes in his pocket and takes out the sheet. And it falls down all along the floor. This. And she continued. She said, oh, we're going to keep it going. Continued to write down things she was going to thank the Lord for and believe for for her son. And you saw the tape on there. And it just extended out all that she had prayed. And I, I said, I'm like, okay, get your tissue here. Because it was so powerful. Why? She was believing that she could speak the truth to her son in love. And lastly, preaching the gospel. Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20 is the great commission. That we're to go into all the world. What? Baptizing the nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all things that he's commanded. That's a call that we all have. I'm going to give you another practical handle. If you're interested, men, Pastor Franco begins this Thursday at what time? 7.15 a.m. right over here at Terwilliger. September 14th begins All Pro Dads. It's an awesome opportunity we have. These public schools are letting us come in because it's Tony Dungy's program, and we get to go in here and minister to these dads and preach the word to them and pray with them. In a public school. Blessed. We got four or five of them right now. Yes. Called. See him, he's right there after service if you want to get involved with that. Additionally, we also have all of our sports outreaches. We're doing outreach on Santa Fe campus. We're sometimes at University of Florida doing outreach. Why? Because Jesus. Like we're talking about today, we want to believe and we want to live because that's how we live the overcomer's life. Come on and stand with me today. We believe and we live out the overcomer's life. So I don't know what area it might be for you today. Some of you guys are standing for family members. You're discouraged. And you don't know if you can hold on and even tolerate this family member. You've got a child who's, who's, who's wayward or who's in sin, whatever it might be, and you want to see their life turned around. You've got an older family member. You're like, could they ever come to Jesus? You've got an area of struggle in your life that you need to turn to God and really say, listen, i got to surrender because I've been, the enemy's been eating my lunch in this area and I need to overcome. I need to overcome because that's what God has called me to do. You're a young person and the culture is hot, crazy mess right now. And everybody is coming at you and social media is coming at you and everybody in these friend groups is coming at you and you're like, can I be faithful to God and continue doing what God said? You are an overcomer. I'm going to tell all of you, Look me in the eyes. You are an overcomer. Not because I said so or because I can motivate you and pump you up, but because the Word of God says so. The power of the Word comes to you. The power of the Holy Spirit comes to you so that you can realize that you are an overcomer by the Word, by the blood of the Lamb, the Word of your testimony. Come on. The power of who He is in your life. Father, we thank you today that we have been called overcomers. That, Lord, we don't have to look to ourselves. We don't have to look to this world, but we can overcome the world because we believe in Jesus and we live for Jesus. I declare over every person in this room today, God, that they will receive that word and walk in it. I pray the specific areas that people need to overcome, that they will receive your word and walk in it by your spirit. 
And God, I pray right now for those who don't yet know you. They haven't made that first step in overcoming because they haven't yet received Jesus. Father, I want to ask, if that's you today, you have not yet committed your life to Christ. You need not yet surrender to Christ in salvation. Just throw a hand up. We want to pray with you this morning if that's you. Just put a hand up. I'm looking around. Let me give it a second. We're going to pray the prayer for anybody who hears this online or sees this recorded. Anybody in the room? All right, we're going to believe. So I want you guys to pray this prayer with me, believing for those who are going to see this and those who might be online. If that's you online today, throw a hand up. I don't see you, but God sees you. Say, Father God, I thank you for the work of Jesus. Thank you that I can have my sin forgiven and become a child of God. Jesus, I thank you for what you did. And as your word says, I believe that you're the son of God and your word is true. And I receive the salvation that you've provided. Strengthen me and help me to now get up and walk in all of what you've called me to walk in. I receive your salvation and I receive your grace to live it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, thank you for his word and for his saving word this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.